There it is. We're in. We're on. We're in. Sessions podcast. Absolutely. And lucky number seven. Lucky number seven, I know. Yeah, are, are you into your numbers? Do you believe in lucky Yeah, numbers? I just turned 37 yesterday. Oh, check it out. There so it it's is. gonna be it's gonna be a good year, I think, because you know the seven thing I'm I uh, think the seven. Because yeah. they say every seven years we shift in our life stage type thing. So but you're oh. not yeah. Okay, mm. well let's see. Let's see, let's see. Let's see. Um, so my question for you today, Clay, is what is a life for? So what is your life for? What is a life for? <laughs> it's a big question. That is a massive question. Um, so, I, all, well, this week I've been thinking about, well, I've been thinking about, we talked a little bit about the whole the spirituality aspect just before, uh, when we first got here. And yeah, that's, so the question for me, I like that question, so what is a life for? I don't know that I have an answer for that, in the sense that, um, which is something that I wanted to explore on the podcast today, you know, what, so some people would say that we are, and there's that coffee grinder again, some people, <laughs> some people would say that human beings are arrogant to think that our life has, that it's important enough to have a meaning. Yeah. Um, I don't know that I buy that, and I think it's probably something innate in us and that we need to we're like we're like meaning seeking creatures and we need to make sense of things we need for things to mean something um, I think that gets uh, definitely that argument gets convoluted with our arrogance that we are more important mm. than other living creatures and, and certainly like environmentalists and you know just people who are concerned about nature and the environment and you know that kind of thing they have a point yeah. you know but I, I think that's right because I think you separate out because I'm not saying important but it's the meaning and I don't yeah. think that we are I'm not advocating that we're more important but I wonder about this whole meaning aspect in terms of what what's the what is the meaning of life and I guess Scott Adams would say number 42 was it number 42 <laughs> um yeah, so that's, and maybe it's easier to go down the next level, so what's my life for? But I'm going to ask you that. What is your life for? And then I might figure out what my life is for through you. <laughs> <laughs> that's cheating. I know. I don't know what my life is for. I had a terrible moment of cheating this morning where, I, you know, this morning is, um, you can stay for about 15, 20 minutes with your kid at school. Ah. And so they were doing an activity and Finley kept asking me the answer. And at first I didn't know that they were getting credit for it. So oh, I told nice. him. <laughs> and then I was like, oh no, <laughs> I'm helping my kid cheat. Because you're anyway. a practicing Buddhist. Yeah. Yeah. So does that, do you find meaning in your life through that? That you're, Is that what your yes. life is for through that practice? Well... I think that for me, you know, you were talking about, like, the spiritual question versus the secular question. And for me, Buddhism is 
quite a lot about the secular answer to that question. So, you know, the Buddha famously refused to answer the question, is there a God? He wasn't interested in questions of God. He, he let that kind of be your own belief system. So in a way, what's interesting is that you could technically be like a Christian Buddhist or a, in, in the my way of understanding it, yeah. or a, you know, Jewish Buddhist or whatever. Um, he was interested in practically in our lives, how can we live so that we can reduce the amount of dissatisfaction we experience and increase our joy, contentment, happiness, whatever the word is that you want to use. So, yeah. But that's interesting because I'm looking at, uh, and there's a book by uh, Julian Baggini, and it's called What's a Life For? Um, And he lists six secular theories on the meaning of life. Now, he explores this to great length in the book, I think he ultimately concludes that each person has to determine what that meaning of life is for themselves. But the six that he identified was um, helping others, um, serving humanity, being happy, which kind of sounded a little bit like you were saying there, becoming successful, so a life of achievement, um, enjoying each day as if it were your last, and then the freeing your mind was the six... Free your your mind, mind, Neo. The Matrix, absolutely. That's one of my favorite movies is The Matrix, you know, (laughs) Free Your Mind. In fact, I used to say that I would help go around and and help free people from The Matrix, you know. Um, But I stopped that... that, um, It's a little too scary for people. Well, yeah, exactly. (laughs) You unplug them and then, yeah, then their whole life just goes crazy. They're not ready for it. They're not ready to be unplugged. And in fact, I think I've had to reinsert myself into the matrix so that I can get along with other human beings. <laughs> so yeah, um, of yeah, so of those six, um, I suppose when I was in the military, it was about helping others. So one of the things that you know, when people ask me what do I miss about the military, it was this, for me it was the sense of doing something greater than self. So it was that selfless service, yep. and that gave meaning to my life. So you know, I get up. When I got up in the morning, I knew what my mission was, I knew what my purpose was. I existed for others, um, and I was doing things so that other people wouldn't have to do those things. I think that that is a massive point in the road to just feeling happy in your life. I think that, you know, it's very easy for us to just go narrow, narrow, narrow into our own little worlds and actually... You know, oftentimes the way to break out of that is just to actually stop thinking about yourself and start thinking about others. You know, so, I mean, it, you know, it, it's funny because this is like a thing of parenthood as well. You know, you, you almost have to stop thinking about yourself and because you're thinking about taking care of these other people. And it's su- in a way, it's exhausting, but in a way it's such a relief because sometimes we can spin and, you know you know, in our minds about what do we like, what do we don't like, what do this, what the, you know. And, um, yeah, I think helping others in that joy that we actually find in that is irreplaceable. A couple of times, you've, twice now, you've, you've come, you've reduced life to happiness. Is that what it's all about? Have I just... You've done twice now. You've reduced it to uh-huh. whatever you were doing, and then the end conclusion is that you'd have happiness. Which yeah, I think I think satisfaction. I think that you know, just just being, just feeling like all is well. Yeah. You know, how how do you get that? And I think that list right there, you know, 
Because one of the points on that would be about being happy. So do whatever you do and your meaning of your life is to be happy. So whatever, whatever you find, whether you're street sweeping, whatever, as long as you're happy, that that's the What I would say to that is that there is, what I mean by that is like the wise meaning of that in terms of an understanding that you're, you are connected with everyone else, that you're connected with the environment and the planet and everything. And once you reach that place of wisdom and understanding of your connection you can only be happy if everyone else is at peace so in buddhism this is the bodhisattva vow that you know may i work continually until all beings are free and may i always return until all beings are free so you know the dalai lama says this every day yeah um so you know until all beings are free free yeah, from it's a big vow what free from the matrix free from themselves free from oppression free, free, free from, from samsara in their in their view free from misperception and self-created suffering okay so then so what drives that the suffering to begin with is it just a flaw of, of humanity are we flawed beings because it seems that there's a lot of attention. I don't. To I that. don't like kind of starting with that because that's the very. That's a very to me a very Christian. All all people are born sinful. Yeah, I don't I think really, it's sinful, I really but stay flawed. away from that. Yeah, like that's I, not not sin. Yeah, but flawed in the sense of how come we don't? Why, why can we not? How come we're not born just? Being not, you know, being already free when we're born. I guess some people would say you are born free, and then man does some stuff to you and makes you bound up. So I don't know. I guess that's what I'm saying. So, so it seems like we spend a lifetime trying to get back to a place that maybe we started, which is yeah. being free. So that's yeah. what I meant by flaw, not I sin. Think that's that's really in, true. I, that's I, really true. I think that you know. Yeah, I think that's really true. I think that for, you know, in in my novel that I've written, The Boatman, the main character who goes through this is Thomas. So he, at the beginning of the novel as a child, is on this island where they live. And he's just happy there and it feels at one, feels at one with the, with the world around him, feels his place, feels that he is at home in like a deep sense. And he kind of loses that as he gets into adolescence. Some things happen to him um, that he really has to struggle through and really changes his perception and alienates him from what he almost intrinsically knew as a child. And I think we can, a lot of us can relate to that, you know, that the experience of childhood, of the experience of time, the experience of the world, you know, the natural world and stuff kind of goes... Is that reminds me of the song. The um, was it uh, when I was young? It seemed that life was so wonderful, a miracle, <laughs> and then they showed me a world where I could be dependable. That one. What's that? What is that? Yeah. Bre- bre- it's in Breakfast yeah. in America. Is the album that it's on? Super yeah. Tramp. Okay. Yeah, it's a good tune. Um, but yeah, so yeah, so we. But I think going back to your helping others, you know, and, and, and this kind of list that you set out. I think that's really true. I think, you know, that this is, you know, a, a one purpose of our life, to make the world around us a better place, to do no harm. But that's know? for some people. Not everyone's called to do that, are they? To help others. So if that, if that is one way, because that was one of the six, 
Another one which I look seems to be closely related is serving humanity, which I guess is kind of this. I feel like everybody's, that that, yeah. everybody's job in some way or another should. Like everyone's job impacts everyone. Yeah. You know, so it, you know when we think of like helping others, you think you know social you know service or you know you think you know caring and, yeah. and these kind of things or or perhaps the military and kind of that kind of service but you know everybody if you if you realize that every everything that you do will inevitably impact others whether whatever like whatever your choice of activity do it, it with that intention but that's the thing, though. Is it? Is it? So, if we're saying that each person is defined in what their meaning is, I might help others, but I might do it for selfish reasons. I'm driven by something else, as opposed to being driven from an innate need to help others or to serve humanity. Maybe it is that I just want to be happy, and by serving other people, I'm happy. If that's my driver. Um, so yeah, I guess yeah. it's it's it's. It's what's the person's intent for doing it? Am I doing this for me as an egoism, or am I doing this from a point of view of altruism? So I'm doing it because it's the right thing to do, or, and and uh, it's for others, and I derive some satisfaction out of it. But that's not what drives me. Because some people make it. So one of the other ones, like number four, and he was about becoming successful or a life of achievement. Yeah. So their whole focus is on the achievement and climbing the ladder, and you know getting the most toys, you know, and yeah, having this big giant empire is what drives them. Um, and they could, and off the back of that, you could say, well, if my driver is to be successful, but the vehicle that I've chosen, if you think about self-help being a, mm. a billion dollar industry, I might not be doing it necessarily because I want to serve humanity or help others, but because I see a market and then there's people wanting to buy it, so I'm supplying it, and that's helping me to achieve my the success because that's what drives me is is achievement. Yeah, I think that um, you know we kind of can be cynical in the in the kind of. Are what you is calling the me meaning? a cynic? No, 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 no not you. <laughs> but no, I think that's joking. I think that's why becoming successful is is on the list, and that's great because. You know, we, we shouldn't be cynical about the fact that people want to be successful. There's nothing wrong with that. You know, people want to, you know, actualize their potential and use their talents. And that's like, that's a natural and awesome driver to doing what you want to do. Now, you know, again, like if that's, you know, taking you off into the badlands, <laughs> then <laughs> well, maybe it? rethink, but you know. But this being successful thing, I think, has its own sort of demons, because it seems like society pushes this thing about success, but then it gives you a definition of success being, you know, Certain lots of money things, and yeah. houses and cars and all sorts of stuff, material stuff, yeah. and then people feel inadequate because I don't have these things. And society is saying this is what a successful human being would have, versus actually you don't need any of that. You know, if I you think of looking, yeah, yeah, totally. If I think around in a house, you know, we've got two TVs, we've got probably eight computers, not counting phones, and but do you need any of that stuff? And well, my friend said something not. really so awesome the other day about how basically up to a point, 
you know, there's a, there's a certain point that we need to earn a certain amount of money to just be comfortable and pe- not in an anxious, whatever, worried place. But, you know, once, once you're beyond that, she's like, salary and having money is only important if what makes you happy costs money. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm like, that's so awesome because, you know, we can really get wrapped up in like, Oh, I need to earn more money. I need to earn more money. And actually, all, all the, most of the stuff that makes you happy, you know, like I, I was saying about my birthday yesterday, sunny, beautiful day. Money can't buy that, you know, brilliant. My birthday present, a yeah, sunny day, a sunny day. I wanted to show you that because that's what your friend was talking about is that happiness is equal to satisfaction divided by desire. So <laughs> if you take what you were just saying there, so if your desires are for... You know, all I want is, I just want a cabin in the woods. I don't need anything else. Divide by one. Pot of little land so I can grow a few vegetables, hunt some rabbits, then, you know, I'm good. Yeah. And I don't need all the other things. But the bigger that desire, the more you need to go earn money, all that that stuff. People definitely underestimate how much stress all this stuff brings them. Yeah. Because as soon as you have the super fancy car, You've got all kinds of worries that it's going to get dented or scratched, and then you've got all the stress when someone's keyed it, you know, and you can't do anything about that. And you know, not that you shouldn't have a nice car, but there's all kinds of things, isn't there? The we more have to keep stuff. feeding it as well. Though. The more stuff you have, the more stuff you got to feed those things because I've got to, you know, do the upkeep, the maintenance, the petrol. If we're talking cars, even um, you know, having a house and both the row and. Um, Emerson were kind of against this whole idea of the house because it's almost like a, a self, especially um, Thoreau, and he was like, you know, the house and being driven to be a property owner, that's just buying a cell, basically, is how he looked at it. It's mm. for, you, that's your prison. And he was like, why do I want to have a, you know, put myself into this this prison? But everything is... In, and it's just, it's just funny for me on this because I was just going to say, we, if you read Walden... It, you could just change the dates and it would read just like today as in he was having the same Absolutely. arguments in terms of people being success or money and everything cost and you know, you know everyone's saying the point of life is to get the house and all these things as opposed to just being back in nature but you can go I was reading some stuff about Socrates uh, earlier this week and he was having the same discussion so we haven't changed much as human beings because he gave up a lot of stuff Socrates gave up be a, you know want to because for him he said the same thing your friend just said as in the less you have if you can make your happiness about not having things then you can get that contentment rather easy so you didn't want to have lots of I extravagant things I think the thing is it, and I, I do genuinely feel this is getting worse and worse in our society is we are detaching from a spiritual life hmm. you know we're not out looking at the stars People are going to their chosen religious institutions less. I mean, not that I'm a big, you know, fan that you, ha- you know, everyone that's in their institution of choice is like, you know, really connecting. But we're kind of lost in a sea now of, of, you know, people are looking for meaning and, and stuff is something that you can see and you can hold in your hand and it seems like, you know, when everyone's telling you very subtly, like, this is what you need to be happy and putting up images in front of your face on either the media or on Facebook saying, look at this person, they've got all this stuff and they are happy. You know, you connect with that feeling and you want that feeling 
you know, and you don't have, you know, we our, our tradition of, of telling people and showing people and giving people the opportunity to connect with that deeper sense of connection with the world, of, you know, whatever they're connecting with spiritually. It's just gone. It's yeah. gone. And you know what I was thinking as you were saying that, and it was... And I know I just mentioned Thoreau and Emerson, but I was thinking, you know, the whole transcendental movement, and for me, and like nature is the mm. place to go for your, to connect with spirit and spirituality could be found. And every and uh, Leonardo da Vinci was a proponent of this as well, is that everything you needed to learn, you could learn from nature. You can go well, out. You know, I, I was just out in the woods yesterday with my son, and, uh, you know... I mean, I've written a blog post about this. I'm not one who is really called to the wild, you know. But I do love being out, you know, just for a walk in the woods or whatever. And, and the the woods is like the thing for me. Yeah, I love the woods. But, um, you know, it's so quiet. And I think that's the thing that's, that I'm missing in my life so often. And that it's, you just get wrapped up and you're so busy and everything is very noisy stimulating and it takes you really to get into nature to take all that stimulation away to take all that like noise away and to give you a little bit of mental space to just be quiet and and be yourself and you know so I think that that's what it is it's not it's not magic it's just that nature is quiet well I spend a lot I mean I I spend a great deal of time in nature it used to and and I'm glad what you said is so it's interesting because I came, we were talking beforehand, I was talking about my whole spirituality thing, and one of the things that I was thinking on the walk from up from the train station was that I had this thought yesterday or the day before that what was my life like before the whole internet and all that, phone, mobile phones and all that sort of stuff, and what would it be like just to chuck all of that and then, and then go back to a simpler time in my life? Um, but then when you were just speaking there, I was thinking, you know, the times, like I'd say the mountains are like my spiritual home and then being out and being away. And so here's the real battle that I had, is that I love spending time in those places. I've got like five tents and I've got all the, my stuff because I used to spend loads of my time out there. But then somewhere along the line I thought, oh yeah, well I need to go and make more money. So now I don't spend as much time doing those things because all on my mind is, well, I got to be doing this and do that. Because you know I'm self-employed, and you know if, you, if I'm out in the if I'm out on the mountain, I'm not making any cash. So it was that little battle. Is like, oh, I could stay out here forever in the woods in my tent and be a monk, <laughs> and I'd be completely happy. But, and so, so that, that the wrestling with that bit is like, oh, I can stay out here forever because that's where I feel at peace at one time stops. I, I don't feel a sense of time or any of that. Um, but while I'm there and I'm not here and I'm not doing the things to live in this society. <laughs> so it's a real no. battle. <laughs> Which drives me nuts. Because in the end, for me, if we're talking about this whole meaning of life, I would be... One happy being to just live in a cabin in the woods with access to all my books. Just have a, a cabin full of books and just kind of hang out there. Um, and just hang out. And that to me would be, you know, bliss. But that seems very dreamy and 
unrealistic and all the other stuff. Well, I mean, I think for me, I really community and friends and people are really important to me. Despite the fact that I kind of identify more as an introvert, I would, you know, I've I've had big chunks of my life where I have been alone. So, you know, when we moved to Cambridge for the first time, like, you know, my partner, who's now my husband, would go off to work every day because he had a job, and I was just like in a new place on my own, knew nobody. That was quite a quite a long period of time, you know, six months a year, where that was kind of my life, like being alone during the day and not really knowing people. You know, I go to cafes to be around people, you know, and then, um, you know, I lived in Delhi for six months and there was a huge chunk of time where I was really like surrounded by massive amounts of people, but really felt alone because I didn't know anybody. Um, You know, so I I, I feel like I, I know myself in those situations of being disconnected from my, you know, tribe. But, um, so I'm not, I'm not going to build my cabin in the woods just yet, but I would like to holiday <laughs> there quite often. See, see, I must, and I guess this is the war inside of me as well, so I'm quite content alone. Like, I could spend great time with no people. Which is kind of weird because I like people. Yeah. But if I was in a cabin in the woods, or and one of the things I liked about big cities is I can go in and just there's people around, but I'm like a ghost to them because they never notice yeah. you. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I I get this sense that maybe in some former lives and like that I was like maybe like a like the pathfinder so I'd be one of these kind of guys who had to try and he'll go out and say, what's down that way all right well I'm off. Go find out what's there, come back just to refit, say hi, yeah, boom, spend a couple of days and then whoosh, gone again. Where's nice. where's Clay at? He's gone. In fact a lot of my friends here in the UK, um, and I don't know, you may I don't know if well, you and maybe you experienced some of it in the sense that um, they say that I'm I'm always on some so they got they've gotten quite I'm like a how someone described it, they described it like a like a smoke or something along. Basically they're saying you're here and you're all intense and you hear them and suddenly you just disappear and nobody hears from you for for ages and but they've just gotten used to the fact that I'm around and then I just disappear and then they say, Well he'll resurface at at some point in time. Um, Yeah, and I sometimes you know, I do that sometimes I'm physically around and then I disappear in my head as well. And so sometimes I could be here but I'm not here. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's interesting. But I think, you know, when you think about living on a mountain, living on a lake, you really strip everything away, not only uh, all the material stuff, but also you would have to redefine your work. Because I do really believe and feel very strongly that work is not a four-letter word, it's not a negative thing. We've made it into a negative thing by the way that we force people to work. But actually work in itself is really necessary to our kind of, what we need as human beings, you know, we need to be able to accomplish things. And, so I don't know. And so see, know. okay. Yeah. This, this is, would be this, this achievement thing. Do we need to accomplish things other than... I think that there, you know, and again, I have... I might have said it at another point, no, no, you know, just be, just be. 
And I think that on, on a deeper spiritual level, yes, just be. But I think that we're, like, our human needs are, you know, to occasionally be around people however, you know, much or little you want. <laughs> but, you know, people in isolation don't do so well over time. And then I do think that a sense of accomplishment, and this is why I think staying people find staying home with children so difficult because there literally is no sense of, of accomplishment. It's like the whole days go by. And that seems is an accomplishment. Right, but no no no, definitely, but you don't see that accomplishment every this day. Is, this and I is think the thing that society this is the thing that drives me nuts in a sense on that mm. end is that we feel like we have to be achieving, which then creates our discontent and unhappiness it's, because I'm not achieving what that person's achieving. And look no, how no, much no, they have. No, 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 that's not what I'm talking about. But I think that we, you know, just as children ha are at a developmental stage in their brains where they need to repeat the same activity over and over and over again because they're learning, you know, so, you know, stacking blocks or putting cars in and out of a transporter or whatever. But I think when you get to an adult level of brain development, there is a desire to complete tasks. Whatever, the, you, whatever that task is, is your choice, and you want to create, you want to put your energy towards tasks that you care about, that you find are meaningful. But I think if you have spent long periods of time, and I'm talking not like days or weeks or months, I'm talking like years, like every day, literally just not accomplishing anything really. So what do you mean it's, by it's, accomplishing? I'm, I mean that, you know, I, when I feel that, mm -hmm. it's when I'm, you know, the seven billionth day at a park for hours on end, just being, just sitting there watching my kid. At some point, at, at, for a long time, that's amazing. And I don't want to sound ungrateful because <laughs> I chose to be with my kids and I do love them no, and no. I wasn't totally the right decision for me. Yeah. But there's all, I do, I have reached points where I get an, I, I need to go accomplish something, even if that's simple, like, you know, cooking a meal and completing that, you know, from start to finish without, you know, being interrupted 17,000 times or, yeah. you know, planting something in the garden or just doing a task that involves a beginning, a middle and an end. And you can look back and go, I did that. Yeah. See, you know, is, that's, I do that's feel that that's nice. Is that? I mean, for, for hmm. writing for me, you know, I love the process of writing and that's not being, that's actually like putting your energy into something that is a task. So I would say that know, it is. So if you're doing it because you enjoy the process, that's your being with the but writing. But the task yeah. is something that you're completing, yeah. and you, then you then you have something that you've written, and you can say, "I did that." But then, then there's there's a subtle distinction there. So are you writing because you want to write and you enjoy the process, or are you writing so you can say, "I finished this and look what I've done"? So could you be happy to write something and then throw it in the drawer and nobody ever see it? Or, yeah, or even yeah, say yeah, totally, totally. Yeah, totally, totally. But that pro that, there's a task there. Yeah. You're not just sitting staring. Yeah. You're actually doing something. That's the difference. Yeah. I think it's, um, maybe it's the, it's the task I, thing I'm getting hung up on. Yeah, I, you know, I think for me, like, there's only so long. I guess I don't see being that's just sitting and staring at a wall. That's, that's sitting and staring at a wall. Yes. I guess being for me is 
wherever you are. Yes. You're not feeling like you got to be somewhere totally. else or doing something else. Or like when I'm climbing a mountain, I just want to be there climbing a mountain, not thinking, oh, let me ever get to the mountain because I got to get home and do this, that, and the other thing. But I'm just here yeah. and I'm enjoying the process of what I'm but think, doing. You know, it, like to take another example, I think I've seen people go through really hard periods of time. For, for instance, they've lost their job. And so you lose a, an entire like you, you know jobs that you hate job that you love whatever but something that gave you a reason to get up in the morning that gave you you know a task to do during the day and people can feel really at sea after that and really kind of it takes a long time to to get back on your feet and I think that period of time other people might look at it and say oh you know it's like you know you're on holiday enjoy it relax you know read a book that you want to read and stuff but that is not how people seem to experience yeah. that. So I think this is comes and full circle back to where we started. People need meaning. So in the instance that you just described in there, that person is torn between two things. One, having a purpose and have meaning. So what does my life mean? Which is what you asked me in the very beginning. So. But I also think people need things to do. But that's it. So the doing, so the meaning and the purpose yeah. and the doing, getting up in the morning, I have a purpose and it means this you know so there's a meaning and a purpose that drives me and i think we you're right without without a meaning and a purpose to do anything i don't think we th we don't it's not good for us as humans because we yeah. we need and that's where this whole thing comes from so and the question then becomes well what is the meaning so do i need to uh, you know be a you know doing is my meaning to be successful so if I fit in this See, it's commode. interesting. Is it like, with the six that you listed, yeah. are they saying some of us identify more with certain ones than others? Yes, or is this, yes, or it, is yeah. this the list? Because to me, so, when you read that out, I feel like everyone needs all of those things. Yeah, and I think this is, this is the thing that gives your life meaning. So accomplishment, being successful. But I think, you know, a sense of helping others, serving humanity, being happy... Becoming successful in whatever, yeah, so you, in whatever defining way yeah. you have defined success, yeah. which is important. Um, what's the fifth one? The fifth one was enjoying each day as if it were your last. And then freeing your mind. I think those, we need all of those things. So I suppose in any moment in our life, we might be, you know, more focus might be on certain aspects. But that to me is a full picture. Yeah, I think in a way that this is meant, as in what's your driver, what's your core, what's your mm. meaning of life, um, being happy, so you, it doesn't matter what you're doing, as long as I'm happy, so I don't mind if I'm sweeping the street, so I, I derive my happiness, happiness is a thing that's important to me, as long as I'm happy, I don't mind what I'm doing, yeah. whether I'm serving others, or whether yeah, I'm serving yeah. humanity, or whether I'm working in the bank, as long as I'm happy, then that person's happy. And I think it's it's kind of that. It's what's the mm. what's your driver? Someone that's big on the whole achievement thing, you know, they may be in the helping industry, but their driver isn't necessarily the help mm. bit, although that's important. But their driver is so they can switch it. It's they can switch and go to something else. In different stages of your life, too, yeah. isn't it? Because as we move through life, different things become different drivers for us. I think I so. Think. But I think some people don't have that. I think some mm. people. So one of the things, and this may be, and I know we're coming up near the end, that um, that I admire is people who have uh, who haven't done what you've just said. They've changed. They have this driver, and it's been the same driver, and it's 
And I think those are the people that rise to the top of whatever mm -hmm. field they're in because they have been very tunnel vision in that space. Um, I don't happen to be one of those. I'm kind of, a, as I say, this path line. I'm down here, I'm down there, I'm down there, and then that way. And that's just. But I would, uh, but, but I would, I suppose maybe this is where we differ because what I would say to that is that I think unless they have all of those things, so maybe someone's like main drivers to be successful in this area of life, you know. But if they don't have all those other things or they have a sense of that this thing is serving humanity, in whatever narrow and specific or small way that might be, and they don't have a, a sense of happiness for, derived Someone from it, here. and they don't, you know, if so they don't have... If they don't, I would say if they don't have those things, they're they're gonna feel a lack somewhere. Because as we know, the most successful people on the inside aren't necessarily Maybe. all that. Maybe, and it, it, I get that. I get what you're saying, and I, and and this is where and this is where I guess it gets tricky, because like some people, they don't like t this whole free of mind thing. Like I love knowledge yeah. and that sort of thing, but some other people, this is impractical, and that's just. And they derive no utility out of it, and in fact, refuse to engage in that kind of thinking. Uh, which is good for them, because that's not what it's right. But if you take that away from me, then I'm not happy, yeah. whereas they don't need it as a part of their happiness. In fact, it makes them unhappy if you try and draw them into that, that space they suddenly get. So they don't need that to feel fulfilled, whereas I need it to feel fulfilled. I had a period in time where when people always say, oh, I want to be happy. And I was thinking, well, that's not a driver of mine. I don't really care if I'm happy. I just want to be <laughs> doing this thing. So, and I found that odd because I would never say, well, what do you want to do? Well, I just want to be happy. And actually, I didn't care about being happy. As in, it wasn't my driver. Yeah. I just wanted to do this thing. But I guess some would say, well, doing that thing is the thing that makes you happy. But I guess mentally, I'm not, I wasn't looking to be happy. And I would never give you the answer, I just want to be happy. Because I don't want to just be happy. I want to mm. do some other thing. And yeah. don't care if I'm happy. I want to do this. <laughs> but yeah. Um, yeah, so. Do I know what my life means now after having this discussion? I know. I was just going to say, I'm not sure we've come to any conclusions with them. Perhaps that's not the... <laughs> what is my life so for? Realistic. But no, it, it has been good conversation because it, it, it helped. You, you know, I think there's a couple of things highlighted. One... And, uh, my space, this being what nature and spending that time um, is important for me and I think it then enhances everything else to have that space to take that away then so what's my life for? I'll tell you what my life is for here it is, my life is to go out and seek and find and explore and experience things that's what my life is for. Okay. Yeah. You heard it here first, folks. That's right. <laughs> well, what's your life for? Did you, did you? I'm not sure I have a concise <laughs> answer like that for you, Clay. Um, yeah, no. I mean, I, I think I'm still seeing it in a, in a different way in terms of those because I think that, you know, all, all is sex is being. important for... Yeah, it's yeah. a whole being. It's a whole being. Because yeah. even the people that aren't that interested in freeing their mind, mentally, they still drive themselves nuts. Yeah. Sometimes, I yeah. think, you know, so, I don't know. So, so in your mind, in, my in, my in your mind, world, in to be a whole human being would be to have all, all of these things. things. Into, and I like the list, yeah, into, no, into I, I, I dig it, yeah, yeah. yeah, good. Well, there you go, so you created meaning, your meaning is to have all six, 
um, whereas others might focus on a yeah. thing and derive yeah. all of their core sense yeah. of being from that one aspect. Good thing we're all different. <laughs> or are we all different or are we all the same? Is that a topic, a for, topic another? for another time, perhaps? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Okay, so that's it. Very good, folks. Super psyched. Everyone's been listening and joining in on us, our conversation with their uh, comments in the yeah, no, discussion absolutely. box and stuff. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, we want some Please more of keep, that. Please keep doing that. We'd love to hear from you. Absolutely. And share it around so we can get more people involved as well. And... We haven't mentioned this before, but you can find us on iTunes as well. And if you wanted to have this as a as a, a podcast and listen to it at your leisure, as opposed to just listen to it online. So, uh, in no, fact, awesome. you can listen to it on the Audio Boom app if you have that, because we post it there, um, or you can find it on iTunes. Yep. Awesome. Awesome. Till next time.